Nehemiah chapter 7. I guess I'm on. Let's read verses 1 to 5. It says, Now it came to pass when the wall was built, and I had set up the doors, and the porters, and the singers, and the Levites were appointed, that I gave my brother Hanani, and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man, feared God above many. And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. While they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them. Appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over against his house. The city was large and great. The people were few therein. The houses were not builded. And my God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of them which came up at the first and found written therein. These are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity, those that had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away and came unto Jerusalem, again to Jerusalem, and to Judah, every one unto a city. And it gives a list of the genealogy. I'm going to read all that. So let's, I don't want to have to pronounce all those names. That's why I don't want to read it. But anyway, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege of ours to look on your word tonight. I thank you for your love and your mercies, and I thank you for your word and preserved for us. And I pray as we look into the word of God tonight that we allow it to search our hearts and to see if there be any wicked way in me. And Lord, I pray we'd be take heed to it and obey it, that you might be glorified for our good and thy glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I titled this tonight, Nehemiah, a man of piety. The word piety or pious is a word you don't hear today. Um, often when people think of somebody pious, you know, they think of somebody that's really religious. Um, or usually it's oftentimes it's used uh, to kind of mock or make fun of, but it is a Bible word. The word piety is found twice in the New Testament. In 1 Timothy 5.4, uh, where it says, Let them first learn to show piety at home. And then also, Acts 17.23, the same word, Greek word, it's not translated piety there. There it's translated worship. Uh, it's talking about the, the people at Athens. and says, Whom you ignorantly worship. So that kind of gives us an idea of what the word means. The word piety means to act piously or reverently towards God, towards parents, and all to whom dutiful regard or reverence is due. So as you think about the word reverence, you know, to act reverently, that's to be, be a pious person. The uh, Bible tells, talks about reverence in many places. Psalm, Psalm 89, 7, God is great to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Matthew twenty one thirty seven. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, and this was a parable, I think, of the kingdom that Jesus gave, saying, they will reverence, or they'll show piety to my son. And, of course, he spoke that against the Pharisees. You know, it was a picture of God sent his son, even to the Pharisees, but they slew him, killed him. Uh, Ephesians 5, 33, let every one of... Let, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. 
I know you husbands all want to hear this. So that the wife see that she reverence her husband. Again, the idea is worship. Um, or give reverence to. Uh, Hebrews 12.9. Furthermore, we had our fathers of our flesh which correct us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of the spirits and live? Then in Hebrews 12.28. Wherefore, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire, verse 29 tells us. So so we are to reverence. We ought to have reverence towards God, uh, children towards their parents, uh, even toward our government. We're to have people to act piously, reverently. Um, you know, even, even when we, we have to disobey our government, we shouldn't do it haughtily or arrogantly. We'll do it with reverence and respect for that position. Uh, the word worship. You know, Jesus talked about worship many times in John 4, 22. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation of those Jews. And then verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Somebody says worship is giving God his rightful place. Uh, John 4, 24, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, Matthew 4, 10, Jesus said, Then says Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So as we think about Nehemiah being a man of piety, he's a man of reverence, a man that worships God. And so we could say he's, he's a pious man. Uh, so... Several things here I want to notice. First of all, Nehemiah's piety is shown by his reverence for the work of God. Look at chapter one or chapter seven here again, verse one. It says, "Now it came to pass when the wall was built, and I had set up the doors, and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed." Appointed. Look at verse forty-three. The Levites, the children of Jeshua of Cadmiel, now the children of Hudavah, seventy and four. The singers. The children of Asaph, and hundred forty and eight. The porters, the children of Shalom, the children of Adder, the children of Talmon, the children of Akab, the children of Hadata, and the children of Shabiah, Shabai, and hundred thirty and eight. Now he's appointing these. He's appointing these, and these are appointed for the work of God at the temple. Now I know I'm not supposed to tell you the singers this. But singers back then were paid. That was a paid job. They were to, they were to sing on their, their job was to sing on the Lord. And, and Nehemiah here it shows his reverence for the work of God by setting these things in order. These were, things weren't in order as they should have been. And so he sets to work to set these things in order. You know, porters are doorkeepers. They're the ones that keeps the gates. And of course, the singers. You know, uh, in First Chronicles 25, 6, it says, All these run to the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord with cymbals, psalteries, and harps for the service of the house of God according to the king's order to Asaph, uh, Jeduthun, and Heman. So, so they were to, therefore, service in the house of the Lord. And so Nehemiah is appointing these. Appointing them. Of course, the Levites. The Levites served in the temple. They helped the priests. 
and the high priests uh, with all the duties. You know, you, you know, as you think about it, the thousands of sacrifices. Okay, the day that Solomon dedicated the temple, count up how many sacrifices they did. It was thousands. All the people that had to be involved in the work of the temple. I mean, there was there was blood being shed all the time at that place. It was a bloody place. It was a place of sacrifice, a place of worship. So he, he appoints these. You know, not only was the wall in disarray when Nehemiah went there, the temple worship was in disarray. And so he's he has a a reverence for the work of God, uh, and he's setting these things in order. He, and he, he even examines their qualifications. Look at verse 5. It says, My God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people, that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I find a register of the genealogy of them which came up at the first and found written therein. And so he begins to, to examine the genealogy of all the people, uh, he does the Levites, and he, he also does the priests. Look at chapter, uh, verse 63. You know, he does the, pre, the, the singers, the Levites, and the porters, and, and, and then even the priests. Verse 63 says, And of the priests, the children of Habiah, the children of Kaz, the children of Barzillah, uh, which took one of the daughters of Barzillah the Gileadite to wife, and was called after their name, these sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but it was not found, therefore they were, as polluted, put from the priesthood. And the Tershatha said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with Urim and Thummim. Uh, so, so here these could not prove their genealogy that they were actually priests. And so they were put from the priesthood. So he examines their qualifications. Uh, and, and and not only that, you know, he sets these things in order. He examines their qualifications. You know, he, he's he's proving things that are excellent, that are honoring to the Lord. But he also gave and directed others to give to the work of the Lord. Uh, look at verse seventy. <clears throat> verse seventy. It says, and some of the chief of the fathers gave unto the work. The Tershatha gave to the treasure a thousand drams of gold, fifty basins, five hundred and thirty priest garments. And some of the chief of the fathers gave to the treasure of the work twenty thousand drams of gold and two thousand and two hundred pounds of silver. And that which the rest of the people gave was twenty thousand drams of gold and two thousand pounds of silver and threescore and seven priest garments. Now, you might say, I thought they were in really bad shape. Our Jews ever poor? Uh, yeah, they were in bad shape in one respect, but it was simply they weren't giving to the things of the Lord. They had it, but they weren't giving it. It's obvious they had it. You know, they didn't come up with something out of, out of nowhere. They had it. They just weren't giving it. And so Nehemiah here directs them, and by, you know, by his own example, and, and he's challenging others to give as well, 
to the treasure of the house of the Lord for the work of the ministry. So that the, so that the porters and the singers and the Levites and the priests could be properly taken care of so that they could do the service of the house of the Lord. In fact, you find out later. Well, let's go with it. Chapter 13. Uh, when, he's, when he leaves, he leaves for a period of time. He goes back to um, Persia and he comes back later, and when he comes back, I think it's Tobiah, uh, yeah, Tobiah, Eliashib, the high priest, had made a league with Tobiah, who's the enemy, and Eliashib made Tobiah a room in the temple. I made him a great chamber, uh, 13.5, says, before this, Eliashib, the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. And he had prepared for him a great chamber, wherefore time they laid the meat offerings, the frankincense, and the vessels, and the tithes of the corn, the new wine, and the oil, which was commanded to be given to the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and the offerings of the priests. So, so the, these are the things that were to be brought in and purchased, you know, and brought in, and they were there for the use to feed and take care of the, the singers, the porters, the Levites, and the priests. That's the way it was supposed to be done. But, Instead, they gave that chamber to Tobiah. Verse 6 says, But all this time was not I at Jerusalem, for in the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, came I, again, came I unto the king, and after certain days obtained I leave of the, of the king. And I came to Jerusalem and understood of the evil Eliashib did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God, and it grieved me sore. Therefore I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber, then I commanded, and they cleansed the chambers, and thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with the media offering and the frankincense. And, and I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work, notice this, were fled, every one to his field. So what happens? Well, if they aren't provided for, the service of the house of the Lord does not go on. They go back to their fields to survive, to feed themselves. So, Nehemiah shows his his piety or his reverence for the work of God by setting these things in order. He examined their qualifications, and he gave and directed others to give to the support of the work of the Lord. And, of course, you know, we are to support the work of the Lord. The Bible tells us to bring our tithes into our storehouse, Malachi chapter 3. What are 1 Corinthians chapter 16? 1 Corinthians 16. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order that the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And then, and of course, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he talks about giving. The two chapters are, are concerning giving. He talks about the Macedonian believers in the first, first six verses. And then in verse 8, 2 Corinthians 8, 6 and 7, uh, it says, Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence, and in your love to us, see you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of your forwardness of others, and to 
prove the sincerity of your love. And then chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according to the purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So, so he directed, so Nehemiah here we see he directed, and, and the, 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 those that served in the temple were provided uh, for by those whom they served. That's the purpose of tithes and offerings uh, in, the, in the church. So he showed his piety by reverence for the work of God. He also showed his piety by reverence for the word of God. Notice chapter 8. Chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning till the midday. Would you like to have a service at long? Uh, morning till the midday before the men and women and that those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him stood Mattathiah and Shemai and Aniah and Urijah and Hilkiah and Messiah on his right hand and on his left hand, Padiah and Mishael and Melchiah, and Hashem and Hashbadana, Zechariah and Meshullam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Well, there's several things I want to mention here. <clears throat> First of all, uh, they showed their reverence or piety toward the word of God. By gathering together or assembling. They were assembled. Uh, again, notice, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. They assembled. Acts 11.26 says, And when he had found him, speaking by Paul or Saul, I guess he was called Paul at this point, they brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. You know, Romans 10:17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, you've got to assemble to hear. So they assembled themselves together. The people gathered themselves together as one man, it says. They also prepared themselves to hear. Notice the last half of that verse 1. It says, And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. So they asked Ezra to bring the book and to read to them out of their book. They had prepared themselves to hear the word of the Lord. 
You know, do we prepare ourselves to hear the word of the Lord? I mean, when, when we come to assemble together, and I you know, in, in Thursday nights often you you know you're coming home from work and you don't have much time to bear. But what about the Lord's day? Do you really do we really prepare ourselves to hear? You know, we get do we prepare uh, Saturday evening for Sunday? Do we get up early enough Sunday to pray and prepare our hearts for what the Lord may have for us? Um, pray for the Word of God as it goes forth. Uh, when we come into the church, you know, do we do we prepare and seek the Lord before the song leader gets up and starts the service? You know, I, I used to. I like one of the things I like like to do is sit around and listen to old people talk about how things used to be. Now, I know, I know, I know. Before you say anything, I know we're not living in the used to be. My son always reminds me, we're not living in the used to be. And I don't want, you know, I, I realize that. But you know, no missionary said one time, he said, it used to be when people come into the church, they might talk a little bit, and then they'd go sit in their pew and they'd pray and meditate and prepare their heart for the word of God. Now, I'm not saying we have to go back there like it was when I was growing up in the Mennonite church. You know, where everybody was mute. But but it does beg to, uh, to ask ourselves the question, are we preparing, really preparing, serious about preparing ourselves to hear the word of the Lord? It's an attitude. Secondly, or thirdly, they were attentive. Notice verse 3 says, And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Now the word attentive has the idea of to listen to or give attention to, to learn, to gain knowledge. And the Bible tells us over and over that we ought to attend to his words. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Old and New Testament. But in Proverbs 4, the word, is, the word attend is used twice. Uh, Proverbs 4 verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Chapter 5, verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to under my understanding. Uh, chapter 7, verse 24. Again, hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. First Thessalonians 5.20 says, Despise not prophesying. That's preaching. And the word despise there doesn't mean to, to hate or to disdain. The word used as it's used there means just uh, little of little account or to esteem not really important. And he says despise not. Don't view it as not really that important. Because it is important. Paul wrote Timothy and said, 1 Timothy 4.13, Till I come, come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation. 
That word exhortation could be translated a persuasive argument or discourse. That's what preaching is supposed to be. So, give attention or attendance to exhortation to doctrine, which is teaching. So, we need to be attentive to the Word of God. Attentive to the Word of God. You know, they, they gave attention to the Word of God. They also showed reverence for the reading of the Word. Notice verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifted up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So when I read the word of God, you've got to stand up and throw up your hands and bow to the ground and say, Amen, Amen. No, just kidding. But we do have reverence. We, we do need to reverence this book, the word of God. You know, it used to bother me when I was young and foolish. Now I'm just old and foolish. But when I was young and foolish, it used to bother me if people would say, critics of the King James, of course, would say, well, you just worship that King James Bible. So I read Psalm 138, verse 2, where it says, I have magnified my word above all my name. We are to show reverence to this book. Yeah, we do believe it is the Word of God. And so, so we need to show reverence to it. Uh, and, and when the Word is being read or preached, we need to give respect to it. Again, that goes along with giving attention to. You know, and again, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir somewhat tonight. But, but when somebody's reading the Word of God, if I'm out, out, of, the, out of the sanctuary... I don't walk in while they're reading. Just to get, just to, I feel like I need to honor the Word of God by staying where I am. Um, and so, you know, there's just, just some things like that. So we, there was reverence for the reading of the Word. They showed respect to it. They also allowed it to search their hearts and work change. Notice verse 8 of chapter 8. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense, caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, the word means governor, by the way, Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. Sing portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy under our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions to make great mirth, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. So, you know, the effect was when they when they read in the book of the Lord, they gave they gave the sense or the meaning and caused them to understand the reading, that's the application of it. It caused them to mourn and weep. You see, they allowed it to search their hearts. You know, they realized 
hey, we haven't been obedient. There's things in our lives that are not pleasing to the Lord. You know, the Word of God will search our hearts. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature, still speaking about the Word of God, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He says so the word, it's, it's powerful, it's quick. It's like a two-edged sword. If, you, if somebody sticks you with a two-edged sword, is it going to affect you? You better believe it's going to affect you. It, it'll make you weep and mourn. It'll make you howl. Misery. You see, if we allow the Word of God to search our hearts, it will affect us. It will affect us and work change in our life. But not only did they allow it to search their hearts, they obeyed it. Look at verse 14. It says, And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths, as it is written. So the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths, every one upon the roof of his house in their courts, in the courts of the house of God, and in the street of the water gate, and in the street of the gate of Ephraim. And all the congregation of them that were come again of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, unto the day that that day had not the children of Israel done so, and there was a very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. You know, what's significant about dwelling in booths? It was a reminder of God providing for them in the wilderness. How God provided for them in the wilderness. The days they lived in tents. And they saw God do all these mighty works, which they soon forgot. And he says here, ever since the days of Joshua... They had not done it. In other words, through all the judges, all the kings, and then they're taken captive. You know, if they maybe would have read that they should have dwelt in booths in the seventh month, they might have been reminded how God did provide for them in the wilderness. And they might not have forgot his wondrous works. And they might not have ended up in Babylon. You see, sometimes we need to remind what God has done. And we need to obey 
what he has commanded us to do. We just simply obey. You know, here they are. They're back in the land. Uh, you know, they're poor. You might say, well, that offering didn't sound like they were too poor. Well, compared to what they were before they went to captivity, they're poor. I mean, I don't think we really understand how wealthy Israel was before they went into captivity. They had beds of iron. That was common before they went into captivity. How many of you have a bed of iron? And we're wealthy Americans, are we not? So here they obeyed. You know, we need to give serious consideration to obey the Word of God. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter 2. <clears throat> Let me share a few, few verses with you. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, and the word therefore takes us, of course, back to chapter 1, where it's talking about Christ and how he's greater and he's eternal and, and he's better than Moses and all the, all the priesthood we'll see in the book of Hebrews. But he says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation without the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us? by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now we need to give the earnest heed, earnest heed to the word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Peter, remembering that man of transfiguration experience, says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, Whereunto, whereunto you do well that ye take heed, as unto the light that shineth in a dark place, unto the day dawn, and day star arise in your hearts. And then in chapter 3, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, so be mindful. Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants, which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come, from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty.
You see, we need to take heed to the Word of God. It's the Word of the Almighty. Jesus Christ is the Almighty. So we need to obey it. You know, it's interesting. I, I told you, I think I shared this with you on Sunday. I was thinking about the difference between people that call themselves Christians today and Bible-believing Christians. Some of the differences. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says, Then they gladly received this word, were baptized. Same day were added on about 3,000 souls. And then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And, and verse 46, they, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking, house from house, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So these people, whenever they heard the word of God, they received it, they were baptized, they assembled together for doctrine, they were growing, they continued in it, and then they went everywhere doing what? Well, Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says, with the persecution of Saul, those that went were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the gospel. You see, people that are truly born again in the Bible, they were baptized, they assembled together, and then they went everywhere preaching the gospel. How many people have you talked to that said they're saved? been baptized, they assemble together, and they go everywhere preaching the gospel. That narrows the field down pretty pretty quickly, doesn't it? But that's what they did. You see, they obeyed the word of the Lord. You see, Nehemiah, Nehemiah and the children of Israel here, uh, they showed their piety or their reverence toward God by the things that they did, by their support for the work of the Lord, and by their adherence, their assembling together, their being attentive to, hearing, and giving reverence to, and, and obedience to the Word of God. Uh, might God help, help us to be people of piety. I know, we don't use that word today, but it's a good word. That that have a right respect for God, basically for those that are in authority over us. That's what it boils down to. Are we giving God his rightful place? You know, usually when you put God in his right place, everything else takes its right place. If you don't have the other things in the right place, it's because you don't have God in his right place. You're not being obedient to him. Might God help us to be people of piety as Nehemiah was.